Hey Green Influencers, welcome back to our podcast. It's hard to imagine we've done over 30 episodes and this is a really special one because we've got two founders and founders are always exciting and also they are based internationally. They're actually based in Japan and they've created an amazing ethical jobs platform which I'm so excited to get into along with Angela. I want to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm gathered on today which is the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and would like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. So in this episode, we have Kimihiro Katsumi and Riho Matsumaru, who are the co-founders of All Is Good. As I mentioned, this is a platform that helps connect young people, employees looking for roles to employers. And essentially what they do is that they look at various metrics like say the social performance of the employer and it really helps purpose-driven individuals find roles that are suited to them and it really gives both parties the option and flexibility to have the best outcome. And I think since COVID this has been a real game changer because we've sort of seen how the Gen Z generation are very much focused on not only how much money they can make but also the impact the company is doing and are willing to actually focus things such as income and other things that are quite normal in nutritional career so I think we're seeing this shift worldwide and I think from a green fluence point of view it's super exciting to see how these guys have run all this good and they've actually got VC funding so um, it's definitely exciting because we are also trying to look at how do we connect employers and employees Angela and I had a great time on this podcast and and Kimmy and Riho are really amazing guests have so much life experience and they both have different backgrounds um, which is really exciting and we hope you enjoy it we will now be moving on to introducing our guests for today's episode this episode is a special one as we will be having two guests on the pod all the way from japan which is very exciting firstly we'll be introducing kimihiro katsumi aka kimi who is currently a senior student and is the founder and ceo of alice good a bit of background about Kimi, he became interested in global economic disparities while traveling throughout Southeast Asia while still attending high school. Now, this is quite cool and what I thought was really interesting. We'll be talking more about this soon, but he launched an education business in the Philippines while in college, then transferred it to a local business. He was selected for the Toby Tate Study Abroad Initiative, which led him to, to a study abroad trip in Germany. Another exciting founder milestone for Kimmy was co-founding an organic cosmetics business utilizing local products from developing countries. After interning for many large corporations, he proposed the idea of an ethical way of job hunting, which ultimately led to his current organization, Alice Good. Kimmy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, super exciting. And then this is literally the first time for me, uh, the podcast. I love listening to podcasts, but that's, you know, completely different. And then... I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, no, thank you. Cool. First time for everything, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm sure it'll be the first of many, Kimmy, as the as the business grows, and uh, we hope we hope we live up to your expectations. Um, seems like a bit of a serial entrepreneur. So now I wanted to introduce uh, the other co-founder of All Is Good. We have the wonderful Riho Matsumaru, the co-founder and product manager of All Is Good. Riho co-founded All Is Good and currently works as the product manager. She has a keen interest in food issues and climate change and was able to express and learn more about these topics also through Atabayat, which is a study board initiative in London. She extended a passion for sustainability when completing research on urban social issues and civic movements, 
ultimately expanding her portfolio to sustainability as well as media uh, before co-founding All Is Good with Kimmy. Her positions at All Is Good ranges from a wide variety of responsibilities, for example, co-founder, also product design and customer success, and that led her to being in charge of product management, where she can provide consumers with the best possible experience and make an impact in the sustainability field. Riho, it's a pleasure to have you on board the show as well. Yes, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. I just want to say you guys are, I believe, our third international guest. We normally have people from Australia, but I think you two are our first founders in Asia. So I'm really excited that we've expanded and really keen to hear about what you guys are doing in the space because what we're doing is quite similar. So Riho and Kimi, you have very different academic backgrounds. So I guess for you, Kimi, you have a software engineering background. And with Riho, your background is more on sociology. So I guess you've got different sort of thing. One yeah. could be more logical, one might be more critical thinking and creative. So I think that's so interesting. And how has your experience and educational background sort of shaped you guys to where you are today? And ultimately, how did it lead you to co-found All Is Good? So yeah, I, I go first. So again, uh, my name is Kimi Yorkitsumi, you can call me Kimi. And then I'm a CEO of Alice Kit. So uh, I was born and raised in Tokyo, Japan. And then, um, you know, I first like been to the road was like 18. So literally like six years ago. So before that, I never been to the road, right? So even I didn't speak English, to be honest. First time that I've been to the road, that was like Philippine, right? And then that was like East Asia. It's just backpacking. And there was no purpose just for traveling. And then I saw a lot of people who cannot go to school. Like there's a lot of the poverty, uh, the, the slam people, you know, who really struggle with like food, right? And then I was just really surprised. Wow, there is so many people are very struggling for like food waste or maybe like, you know, they cannot go to school because of the financial issues. And then I wanted to do something with that, right? And then I talked to with the parents, um, people who live there. And then they were saying they were working as um, like agricultures or farmers, but the due to the climate change or the kind of flat or maybe like dry uh, climate, um, because of that, uh, they lost a job um, because of the climate change. So I was really surprised about that reason. And then the climate change related to about developed countries such as Japan or United States or maybe like Australia. So I wanted to do something for that issues. And then when I got back to Japan, I was still like high school student. And then, okay, I want to do something good for society. I started looking for the kind of business, which is kind of related for startup and more uh, social impact, right? So my identity was kind of startup and sustainability. That's how I like became interested in pretty much for sustainability. And afterward, I just started the business in the Philippines, um, which was like my first experience overseas country. And then I started the kind of education tech business, uh, which is like we teach uh, the kids how to make the money or how to uh, make their experiences better. And that business went a little bit well. And then I sold that business to uh, Philippine Corporation, which is exactly like education kind of edotech company. Then I was just like, okay, I can do something more bigger. And then I started to like think about for D2C business, which is kind of organic shampoo. So we're going to use uh, materials from developing countries such as the Philippines. Those are countries uh, which has a lot of materials or which is a lot of ingredients, organic um, uh, coffee, organic um, you know, oil stuff. 
okay, we use this, right? That we sell to, you know, developed country. So that's the more import business. So we started like in Germany because my co-founder was German. Then I moved to Germany. I stayed for a year or something like that. And then unfortunately that business didn't go well. So I failed. And then I was just looking for a job, right? But that was really hard, to be honest, to find which is the job related to sustainability. So I was also like kind of like geek for engineering. So I, I can ha I have a lot of skills, but I couldn't figure this out. The company, uh, which is very focused on sustainability. So why don't I start it? Like you know, um, to make the platform that you can search as sustainability related job or maybe like ethical companies or something like that. And then I just started with a, a very small product, kind of making the event. So I talked to a lot of friends, like maybe like hundred or something. And then like, I, I got an idea, right? How about this? Like you can find really ethical company through platform and then you can get a scalp where you can get a message from employee and you can match. So something sustainability version to LinkedIn. How about that? Like everyone just, okay. It sounds really cool. I, I really wanted that. And then, you know, through LinkedIn, you're going to find a job, which is related to sustainability. So I just, you know, got an idea and I talked to with the Riho because I knew Riho through same study abroad program. And then mm. I knew like she's really keen on sustainability. So why don't we start? And then the other co-founder, which is like engineer. So like three of us, okay, we just found it. And then ethical means literally ethical. And the shukatsu means actually in Japanese, uh, which means for getting a job. And in Japanese, it's shukatsu. So like ethical shukatsu, it's ethical getting a job. So uh, that's how we started. Yeah, it's kind of like summarizing. You've answered a few of our questions there, Kimi. Yeah, I'll pass it over to Riho now. Keen to hear about your journey. Yeah, as you can tell, Kimi has um, background in like business and tech, whereas like I'm more of you know, like sociology and media studies, cultural studies person. So there's this contrast that makes our team interesting, I think. And so I was born and raised in Osaka, which is the second largest city in Japan, um, next to Tokyo. And so at first I wasn't really like aware of social issues, but in high school, I entered like an international course of that high school. And so there I had many opportunities to study about like social issues um, in various countries. So that's like one of the turning points for me, I guess. And then like I had a chance to do a homestay in Canada for three months when I was in the second day of high school. So that time, like I learned about the food issues um, that could be seen in like a lot of countries in Canada or like Japan, such as like food waste or the distance between producers and consumers and also farming related problems, like how they affect the environment and so on. So that's how I got interested in like social and environmental issues for the first time. And then I moved to Tokyo to attend university. And so that was a liberal arts college called International Christian University. So as you can tell from its name, it's quite international. They have 
students and professors from all over the world. So that experience also broadened my perspective to study more about world issues. And also I got interested in sociology in the first day of the uni. So because it was a liberal arts college, I didn't have to choose a major when I entered uni, which is kind of rare for Japanese universities. And I didn't know what sociology studies when I um, entered university, but then I learned about like social theories and all the things that were taught in sociology and cultural studies lectures. And that time kind of changed my perspective to see the world. Even for like thinking about social issues, when you look at a certain issue at first, like you may not be able to understand like social structure behind it. But when, like after I studied sociology, I could see deeper about these issues. Yeah, that was an important part of my kind of academic journey. And also that leads to my current interest as well. Would you say, Riho, that travel has been a really big advantage to you learning more about the social issues out there? Yeah, exactly. Um, so before high school, I didn't get to travel abroad. So like, you know, Japan was all I knew. And it was such, you know, like it, it was like fish in the water. So you took everything for granted. So for example, like in Japanese high schools, there's a lot of like strict school rules, but I thought, it was kind of, you can't help it. Like it just the way it is. So I didn't question anything, but then like I went uh, to Canadian, Canadian school and students didn't have to follow these rules, but they were able to express their opinions fully. And they were able to, you know, like have a great student life learning experience. So it's just one example, but by going to different places, I could learn like the differences in the way things are done and how like specific issues can occur in certain situations. Definitely just, good to have that open mind as well when traveling out. I just I just found that really interesting because like for me when I think of Japanese culture I I I've sort of heard people are quite respectful, quite polite. And then you've obviously got that experience in like a different in a different sort of culture. Like obviously not saying that other cultures were polite, but like I feel like from what I heard, you sort of felt like a sort of difference in in how you were taught and what and the perception of of students and what they were able to express. Do you think you've been able to use those two viewpoints in your business, like that sort of ability to have the freedom and also that ability to be more respectful and follow rules, things like that. Like, do you think that sort of thing has helped you? Well, I think it's yes, I guess. So genetically, or maybe like organically, Japanese people, not like Japanese or Australian or American, it really doesn't matter. But more culture side, uh, which we care about the nature um, or very we close with the nature is uh, we close with for example we have a lot of earthquake right so like we really respect for the ocean or maybe like the mountains or something about we have a lot of touch point with the nature and then also nature disaster so like simultaneously we have a lot of like non not non-religion but like we believe the disaster is like our behavior, it's related to our behavior. So a lot of think people are uh, on the result, um, not 
compared to other, you know, overseas country, um, our Gen Z are not very conscious about environmental issue or climate change. That's the fact. But my perspective or my view, it's their care. They care, but they don't actually act or they don't actually say something. So in, in the bottom of their heart, they really care about a sustainability or they really care about ethical things because what we call like itadakimasu, it's kind of good for meal or maybe kind of the pride of that meal. So we have a specific more uh, respect culture to human or to thing or to like, you know, nature. I was born and raised in Tokyo and then I'm Buddhist. Well, that's my kind of view, but like Riho has, I think it's a different perspective because like she went to international schools um, or Christian schools or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the point Kimi raised is very interesting and I uh, agree to some parts of that as well. And uh, aside from that, I think there's a downside to Japanese people being polite and respectful as well. And that is because our culture kind of emphasizes on being the same with others or like not being different from other people so that you don't make trouble or something like that. So there's a lot of rules and, you know, things are very much structured. And that could be true to, you know, job hunting processes as well. Mm -hmm. So even though you want to express yourself or like you want to tackle certain issues, if that is different from other people, you may refrain from like expressing it fully um, mm -hmm. under the culture. So attending international university so there are people from different backgrounds like for example my friends have been living in the states for like 18 years or something so they were more used to american culture so when i talk with them like they tend to kind of have their own opinions and they tend to express them more openly so that's um, like different cultures that I noticed. Very interesting. And Kimmy, um, just from doing the research and just from hearing about your portfolio um, just now, you obviously have that very entrepreneurial spirit. Do you have any tips for our audience that might be interested in a startup space? Um, what they could do? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that the startups always change the world, my perspective. And even doesn't really matter um, that is profit or non-profit. The startup is a mindset. So, so startup means literally for entrepreneurship. It's not entrepreneur, it's entrepreneurship. Very important thing is zero to one. So if you have something wrong, if you have something um, that is a problem, why don't you actually change? That's the entrepreneurship. So my you know, case, so I thought there is a problem with career, with sustainability, because I couldn't figure this out. And then I felt the pain, so I'm gonna change, right? And then I just used startup and then we raised from VC. That's just the how, just, just, you know, one of the solution, but there's like, I can do as a volunteering or maybe I can do with nonprofit or maybe like not venture capital background. You know, it doesn't really matter that, um, how you could try to solve the problem. So, but the thing is very important thing startup means uh, my perspective, right? But the startup means. Like if you felt something, do it. That's a startup mindset. 
And no matter what you feel, no matter what people think who you are, it doesn't really matter. Like, just do it. If you think that's that's the way, you know, a lot of people are saying for entrepreneurship is engineering skill or financial, or maybe like you got an MBA holder-ish. Like, it doesn't really matter. So I, be honest, I dropped out my university, you know, mm-hmm. and then I went to high school, which is kind of very, well, in Japan, it's no one knows my high school, same as my university as well. It doesn't really matter. Even like I don't, you know, graduate from Howard or maybe Stanford, it doesn't really matter. Like if you think that is a problem, if you really, really want to change it, just you can do it. So I love Jack Ma, who's the founder of the Alibaba. Well, I don't really argue with Alibaba business, but like the Isle of Jack Mar because he's really um, enthusiasm and um, he's really energy. He has energy. I think it's summarizing of the startup. Startup means mindset. The mindset means if you want to change something, you can change, right? If you want to make the world a better place, you can do that. And then I was working as an internship at the Patagonia, uh, which is the Albert Brown and um, U.S. So Patagonia founder, Yvonne Schwinard, he was always saying, if you want to change, you can be part of solution. If you do something, you can be part of solution. If you don't do it, like you can be part of problem, right? So that's very, very, very important issue. So just do it. If you think, and then you can be your entrepreneur. So entrepreneur is just basically a mindset. That's my perspective though. Fantastic. Riho, just looking through your LinkedIn profile as I was researching for the run sheet, I've noticed that you too also have a diverse career portfolio, ranging from a design researcher all the way to being a co-founder and a product manager, which is a huge success and it's just a jump at the same time. What would you say has been the most valuable part of your career so far? Thank you. Actually, like, even though I have, you know, like multiple work experiences in different teams, my focus has always been like how much social impact I could make through my work. So it could be kind of related to what Kimi just said about like making change and making impact. But um, like obviously like um, co-founding Alice Good has been one of the most kind of valuable parts of my career because I never thought I would be in a startup. You yeah. Are. <laughs> yeah, which is surprising and very um, like fulfilling at the same time. So it wasn't like me wanting to like found a startup. It's more like me wanting to make a cha- positive change in the world. And I just figured that startup is the way. I think like it's been valuable that I had the opportunity to kind of create pathways to tackle social issues through like whatever ways it is. Can I just say like, I really love you guys' responses. Like I think Kimmy, when you said entrepreneurship is a mindset, that's actually like so true because we need that entrepreneurship mindset no matter where we are. Like you don't have to necessarily be like founding a company because entrepreneurship and innovation are so linked together. So we need them in like all different sorts of organizations. And I think like what you said, you know, cause like what you guys are doing is honestly, like from my point of view as a co-founder, like it's just so awesome because we're at that stage where we don't have revenue. It's beyond that mindset of an entrepreneur has to make money. And I think like what we're doing is that as well. And it just gives us inspiration that yes, you can go that step further and have funding. And and Riho, I really love your points as well about how like entrepreneurship wasn't a thing. It was more like you wanted to solve problems and that 
And I think problem solving also is at the heart of like entrepreneurship um, and sustainability. Um, yeah, so now I want to go to like your enterprise. All is good. I want to talk all about it. So it was launched in November 2020 in, in Tokyo, Japan. And I think at the heart of the problem, from the way I look at it, you wanted to solve the problem of how do young people sort of enter the space? They want to obviously have a job which suits their values, do something ethical and in the environmental and social space. And ESG commitments and ESG hiring is super big in Japan and I guess it's taking off and you can talk about this after but I'm sure that had to do a lot um, with your experiences. I just wanted to quickly talk about how this ended up starting for you guys. How did you come up with the idea? How did you how did you get your both on board and just give us like a quick summary of how it all happened. Yeah I, I talked a little bit about through Alice getting in Ethical Shukas. Um, but so we launched like a, a corporation like KK started like Three years ago, uh, me and Ariho, uh, one, one of my co-founders and engineer, Arrow, we thought uh, we need to change or we needed something for sustainability version of LinkedIn. That's why I like my idea, because I wasn't, I wasn't happy using for LinkedIn. Sorry about that. But um, so we needed something more um, sustainability first or sustainability focused on job board or maybe like matching platform. So I just came up with the idea. Um, as I said, I talked with a lot of friends. Um, one of my friends is Riho and Riho was like, that's a really good idea, but we need that. She was also struggling with getting a job because she's older than like me. She could have figured this out, the company, which is related for the sustainability. So like, like, let's start it. And then we just made MVP like after six months or something that we talked about our product, the user and clients. The clients means company, right? People who are looking for a job seeker. So they were saying, wow, that's a brilliant idea. And then the clients also struggling with the find job seeker, which is high performer and mission driven. So they want to hire people who has a very high performer, you know, high skill business skill and also like mission driven. So I was looking for the company like that. So we can match, right? So we gathered a lot of users. The first, the, with the MVP, we gathered like 600 users with a month. And then we gathered like 10 companies and we made the MVP. We just, you know, started the matching. And then like simultaneously just got the match. Wow, wow, that's great. So why don't we actually put more, the bigger product? And then, so we, right now we have like um, 10,000 users and 60 companies are using our services right now. Um, it's been like two years we, after we launched our product. So the basically you can imagine for kind of marketplace, um, the job seeker and employee. So job seeker uh, can actually find a company which is related on sustainability and they can search individually, like what they are curious. So for example, if I am really curious about climate change, if you check the climate change, you can find the company, which is the related on the job climate change. The other person, for example, if I was really keen on gender issue, like diversity, equity, inclusion, and you can find those, the company, which is the really developed company, or maybe like, which is related to DEI companies. And then uh, the clients can find job seeker. There's a lot of like candidates, which is the high performer and emission driven. So we monetize with the company, um, the kind of SaaS model. So company have to pay every month. Right now it's like kind of, we have like ARRL, 
uh, annual revenue, it's like $600,000. And we got a profit in the month three. And then we, last year, we raised $1.2 million as a venture capital from Japanese top VC and also Irish VC as well. So we have in a startup literally for the venture backed, but the very focused on the user, uh, people who are looking for a job kind of related for sustainability, and which is kind of matching model. So yeah, um, frankly, what we are doing is basically for Gen Z first or sustainability focused on LinkedIn. That's the our business is called ethical shukatsu. Amazing. I just love it how it started with like a very simple idea and then you guys were just able to execute and go forward. I'm just curious about two things. So obviously there's like quite a few of these online job platforms, you know, like I know there's quite a few in Australia and I'm not sure about Japan, but I feel it's such a growing space, especially for young people to want to get into the space. So my first question is, how do you guys differentiate yourselves? And then my second question is, with all these companies, do you guys have a specific criteria that allows a company to host their job on ethical shukatsu? Yeah, so um, so basically for the differentiation is our value proposition, which means like literally the different thing about other services such as Indeed or LinkedIn or maybe Ladders or something like that. Our value proposition is authenticity. So you can imagine for Tinder or Bumble, uh, there is a, a lot of matching, dating matching app and like we get an idea from dating matching app because um, if I'm really looking for a serious relationship, I don't want people who like who want to hook up the like, kind of, you know, the marketplace. So I want a kind of serious relationship, which means I want something serious about sustainability. So we basically are um, very, um, you know, uh, choosing the company which is serious about sustainability. We score that company, the three you know, perspective, which is that how often their information employees are, how much they're conscious of sustainability. So we have an interview with the people who want to use our services. So we just have an interview with the companies before they use our services. And then we're going to hear about their passion and their vision and their the number of the sustainability report. And then if, if we talk with that, we accept their uh, the criteria, uh, they can use our services. That's a step-by-step. Step. So they have to open their information about DEI, how much for the you know, uh, gender equality, uh, how much the cobra footprint, how much impact negative impact their businesses, you know, something like that. And right now we don't have very specific score, but we talk with them and then we just negotiate with that and then they can use. Then that's the our value proposition, which is authenticity. Because if you go to GPP or like, you know, GDP4 or something like if you click or sustainability first company, maybe like there's algorithm. And if you put the prompt, there's a lot of company, but no one can trust that, right? So, but like our third party, so we are third party and we talked at their first and they can use our services. So it's kind of filtered, we filter the company. So that's the our value proposition. And then also that's our criteria, open the information and we have it in interviews. Yeah, I mean, like authenticity is um, definitely one of the things that we value as Alice Good, because, you know, um, like the founding members of our company are all in Gen Z. So we value like authenticity a lot. And it's true to both like the company side and the student side. So as for companies, so the employers want to hire job candidates, but like 
in addition to having high skills and like business, they also want to know like whether they will be a good fit for their company's culture and whether they will kind of align with the company's mission. So that part is like essential in a platform. And as for the student side, so they want to like find the companies that are actually doing their part in sustainability instead of greenwashing. And it's still, you know, hard to find such information because like nowadays, almost all the companies have their like sustainability page on their websites, but you don't know like whether it's true or like whether they are actually making efforts to achieve these goals. So that's um, what we um, differentiate ourselves from other platforms. Yeah. So I was thinking about it for, we are not dissipation, you know, we don't say that's sustainable or not. We don't want to judge the company because company wants to change, right? We want to help the company wants to change. So like we are more supporter. That's what we say. We are marketplace. So if you want to change, there is a no hundred percent ethical company. I'm, I'm pretty sure even the Patagonia, Patagonia is not a like hundred percent um, sustainability company, but they want to change. Right. So that's the very important thing. So that's what we have in interviews. Uh, if you want to use our services, this is our concept. This is the, our vision. If you want to do this, you should open this information. Okay, I do that. And that's how we actually have the business deal. So there's a lot of greenwashing or SDGs washing, people just saying, and then the fact they're not doing. And we don't like that one. But there is a simultaneously, if we put, we want to change, but we're not enough for this number. If we say, oh, no, get out of here. You're out of your league. That's not cool. My perspective. That's not inclusion. Our vision, we're accelerating sustainability transformation in the business sector. So like if there is the company wants to change to sustainability first, we help. But we should be honest. You know, you should be very honest. That's what we have to, you have to open this information to users. I don't like black box. So you have to open this information. That, that's the marketplace. That's our vision. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much, Riho, for putting that additional uh, info. I was just going to say I appreciate both your opinions there because it is true. You, you do have to work authentically. And I do think, and I feel like you've touched upon this, Riho and Kimi, like it's important for businesses to be transparent. It doesn't matter what type of operations they have, just as long as they are true to their team and their customers. So you raised really good points about that and you're dating that transparency is quite important. So definitely a top hat to you guys. I just want to move on to the next section, just a more about businesses and sustainability, also in relation to the young people in Japan, because obviously I think you guys might have more insights about that. As we have a large community of young people for the Greenfluence podcast, whether they work or study or just basically interested in sustainability and the challenges associated, um, I think it would just be really interesting to know how young people do react to this space, particularly in Southeast Asia or in Japan, if you know that much, where there are some sustainability challenges present, such as poverty and climate change, and there's some food issues that we raised before. How would you describe the behaviours of young people who want to tackle the social and environmental issues occurring in Japan and Southeast Asia? And I know, Kimi, you've touched base on a little bit about the young people, but I was wondering if both of you could explain just a little bit more about that. 
I think, you know, like with my experience uh, studying abroad in London and like in Canada, I have a feeling that people in these countries have more tendencies to kind of start working on these issues themselves. So as we mentioned earlier, I think it's related to the culture of Japan. It's not so common for Japanese people to like express their opinions, for example, like、uh, their concerns about climate or, you know, like other social issues. But for our generation, Generation Z, I think it's more likely that people will like speak up and act for it. So we have that similarity. Um, here as well. But,、um, I think we're like people are still navigating their way to tackle these issues. So we hope to kind of, um, give them one like possibility to, you know, like lead their way to solve, um, like sustainability related issues through career. So that's what we're doing. But if Kimi, you want to add something, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, Like, I think so. I actually I was in Singapore like two weeks ago. So I talked to a lot of Gen Z from、um, Singaporean as well. Like, we like discuss about how they are really curious about like climate change or、um, sustainability issues such as ESG. And like, I found a really interesting point, which is for Japan、uh, and Australia, which is like,、um, you know, Asia、uh, and also Oceania as well.、Uh, they're really conscious about climate change. And also, like gender issues, right? And then also, like poverty. Well, anything. Those are people are actually very high educated people, like who has, to be honest, who has the money,、uh, frankly. So there's a hierarchy people who really care about ESG or sustainability. It's a top hierarchy. People who have great education,、uh, great family, they got authority. My, You know, my view. So,、um, on the other hand, which is you can see, C in, there is a Chinese really cheap app, right? C in. And also, like Pinduoduo or something, there is like e commerce company, like you can very cheap, you know,、uh, platform, something like that. So, there is still very huge consumer product consumption or something like that. So, my point is, especially, a lot of people are saying Gen Z are really conscious about sustainability or ESG. I'm actually doubting about that. Is it true? I don't think so. It's kind of media things. But top up the Gen Z, like people who has very、uh, knowledge,、uh, they're really curious about、uh, the climate change. But like the majority of the people don't care. About that, even specifically Japan. That's a fact. My point so, even like our user, like we have 10,000 users, they got a really, you know, Tokyo University, Kyoto University,、uh, very kind of, you know, high educated talent.、Uh, they really care about the future. But the majority of the people don't really care about that. So, like, oh, I need a salary, I need a more、um, great job or something like that. They don't really care. I think even the United States. Uh, the mostly people about the money or something like that. But compared to 20 years ago, it's definitely changing. So it's not really dramatically changing, but it's changing still. So I think it's very divided. My concern, it's like my kind of anxious about a little bit divided society. So there's a really care, 
care about sustainability. There's a, the other person really don't really care. I don't, I don't, I don't care. You know, that's my kind of, um, you know, uh, concern about that as well, uh, which is how we can put together same issue, which is sustainability is that everyone cares, like everyone very related that issues. So my point is Gen Z are very curious about sustainability, but not majority of are very care, especially in Japan and simultaneously in Singapore. That's just kind of my answer. What do you think in Rio, like Japan, like Japanese people very, you know, we have still a huge number of the, the students or maybe like young people. I mean, like very minority people really care about sustainability. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's such an intersectional problem. So you mentioned like for young people who don't have enough money, um, but still like have peer pressure, they want to buy like cheaper clothes to kind of follow the trends. Whereas like those who are more affluent, like they have more opportunities to have access to maybe like information or like other things such as like career opportunities or anything. So they tend to have more space in mind to care about the environment or other social issues. So there's this problem of kind of like being divided as uh, you mentioned. So yeah, I think it's almost impossible for everyone to care about the same issue and everyone to do the same thing to tackle these issues. So I guess we want to figure out ways to involve everyone to have a better world by having multiple opportunities and like multiple ways to get involved and so on. Yeah, definitely. I think you guys both made a really interesting point because sure, like a lot of us are into sustainability, but I think that definitely is sort of like um, some sort of correlation between your class or socioeconomic status and how much you care about. And I think that also goes down to price. Like we're still at the point where, you know, things like renewable energy or if you want to be green, it costs more money. And I think like hopefully with time, you make that transition. I just wanted to quickly ask a question that, you know, it's been in the forefront of what's happening in tech and news and that's AI. I think there's so much potential with AI in the job market space and sustainability. So just really keen to hear your thoughts quickly on have you guys considered that at all is good? And what are your thoughts about AI on your business model and things like that? Well, actually, like we've been discussing a lot on how to implement AI related te technology into our platform. So that's obviously one of our interests at the moment. So I believe that AI... There's a way in which AI and like humans can be creative together instead of like AI taking all the jobs of humans. So we definitely want to figure out how to do that. And I think there are a few ways in which like we can utilize AI in like job hunting or like HR field. And one could be to maximize the quality of match between the job seekers and the companies. Like we can create algorithms or like recommendations to, you know, find best jobs and job seekers likewise. And also, I guess AI can facilitate job candidates to kind of express themselves or like figure out more about like what they want to do in their future career. So, you know, like with the rise of like ChatGPT, more people will have access to AI technology and surely it will change job hunting or like career plan in a positive way. 
Yeah, so it's obviously, it's uh, changing the world completely. Like you can imagine for, you don't need to do tasks, right? I think in an ear, like you don't need to email, right? Hey, GPT, reply with that email, please. Or something like that. More um, voice, a whisper, something like whisper as well. And I love technology. Technologies are, you know, changing the world to the better place. But the very important things, even like Sam Altman, uh, he's saying about for AI, it's just a tool. I don't like to put other perspectives, which is like kind of what is very important things as human being, or what is the important things that, you know, people are living. So my answer is why, you know, storytelling and why. So Angela, why are you doing this? Like, hey, why are you working as KPMG? Why? So this is the very important things. So you, you don't have to be very, you know, great worker, task, job. They are going to be by GDP. You don't need to do that. Just GPT, please. You don't have to do that. It's GDP is more smart. GDP is more, you know, it's high. I think it's kind of human, like what human has to do, you know? So it's kind of a creativity or why are you doing this? Or kind of why are you working this company? If that's the why. It's a very important thing. So like express yourself. Absolutely, job market is changing, especially human resource. But my pers my perspective, it's people all want more close connection. Something like, you know, people are faking our resume. You can imagine. So a lot of people started the faking GPT, uh, a little bit exaggerated. Oh, I got a Stanford, I got a computer science, uh, which is just, I went to two weeks in summer school, but we can, um, everyone can fake. And also like the other side, which is employee side, can filter with LLM. From my perspective, it's just doesn't really change right now because everyone is just kind of faking or maybe like using a GPT. As Andrew say, transparency is very important, even the human relationship. So if you have a friend, um, if you want to trust her or if you trust him, okay, this is a Riho and the Riho is amazing. Riho is actually really great match with this job. Okay, if Kimi say, I'm gonna meet her or something like that. So the very important thing is authenticity. So authenticity, which you can trust somebody else or you cannot trust somebody else because of that. So GDP is a change in the world, but more important things is why in the story thing. A little bit just, you know, jab at the point, but like I would like to say, people are very facing on like, why are you doing this? And then also who you are. No, cool. Like technology is obviously, uh, I agree with you there. Technology is obviously the way to go and um, it does make the human life easier, but you touched on a really good point. We're all about like the human side of things. It's all about expressing oneself, explaining your why as well. I hope I've reached your point correctly as well, Kimmy. We'll just move on now to the speed round questions. So just to wrap up the episode nicely, speed round questions, think on your feet questions, no pressure at all for you guys. So I'm just going to ask quickly, what advice would you give to your younger self? I would say stay open-minded. There's many opportunities, so grab them. Get out of your comfort zone. It's pretty much what everyone needs to do. And finally, where can listeners go to learn more about you guys and your organization? Alice Good. Yeah, Alice Good is just, you know, startup. And then we actually started the US market and then also eventually started the Australian market as well. So um, we are also hiring. Uh, we are also uh, welcome for the other teammate as well, which is the company side, client side, or users. 
Now, we don't have the app, so it's going to steal web services. And then, unfortunately, in Japanese only, we try to be the global market. The, the platform as soon as possible. So um, yeah,、uh, anytime you know you can reach me out on LinkedIn. Just you know, let's coffee chat. I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can just search for my name. And as Kimi said, where ethical shortcut service is currently only in Japanese, but we do have a bilingual、uh, corporate website. So if you want to learn more about the company and Interested in you know working with us?、Uh, go to alaskut.jp and find more about it. No, no problem. Thank you guys,、uh, Riho and Kimi, for coming on board. Thank you, Viz, for co-hosting with me. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And I was really excited when you when Kimi mentioned about Australia. So hopefully we can see something like that in our shores, and then we'll definitely be there to promote it because what you guys are doing is amazing. And I think you know, like it's definitely inspiring for us as well, seeing that this sort of model can be done. And we'd definitely love to talk more to you guys about all the amazing stuff you're doing. And thanks so much for your time all the way from Japan.、Um, and yeah, wishing you guys all the best. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you again for having us here.